Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. My name is Grant Baldwin. Good to have you here with us today. We are on episode 21. Today is going to be a listener Q&A. We've got a great question that we're going to be sharing with you in just a second. Before we do, let me remind you, we do have the uh, the Speaker Lab Live. It is a live one-day event that we are going to be doing May 21st to Saturday right here in lovely, beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. It's going to be so much fun. We have a limited number of seats. We only have 30 seats available. We want to keep this small. We want to keep this intimate so we can really, really help you individually with your business. This is a great chance for you and I to connect, for you to connect with other speakers, for you to get feedback and support on your speaking business. Do not miss this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Again, only 30 seats available. A lot of those seats are already gone. So listen, you want to be a part of this, all right? This is going to be a one-day mastermind. Uh, Again, May 21st, the Speaker Lab Live. Don't miss it. If you want more information, you want to register, you want to reserve and lock in your seat, you can go to thespeakerlab.com slash live. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash live. All right, let's get to today's question. Today's question comes from Isabella. Take it away. Hi, Grant. My name is Isabella. Thank you so much for the podcast. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, My question is, uh, what do you do when uh, you contact an event planner, an organization, or an association, and uh, the decision maker doesn't reply? I don't want to be a pest, but at the same time, I would like to book the gig. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for your question, Isabella, and a lovely accent. Couldn't you just listen to Isabella? Just, like, just, just talk to us, Isabella. Just, Isabella, you can leave us voicemails and messages anytime, or we can hear a lovely accent like that. All right. To answer the question, though, you know, how do you follow up with? You know, I reached out to someone. I didn't hear a response. I think I would be a good fit. I don't want to be annoying. How do I kind of navigate this fine line? You're right, Isabella, that you don't want to be annoying. You you don't want to be a pain. You know, if you're the type of person who you send an email and then you're just sending email after email after email after email, it's worth following up, but not like that. I'll give you a good example, okay? This is actually a true story of something that happened to me. Early in my career, I would be annoying. I was a pain. I was emailing people too often. And in fact, I remember early on, I was emailing people like way too much, way too often. And and years later, I was booked for a a speaking engagement in New Jersey. And I remember the client, maybe it's just because they're in New Jersey and they're very forward and frank, but the the client said that they actually, uh, she personally didn't want to hire me because I had sent so many emails a few years before that was just, I was annoying to her. And so they, thankfully they had someone else on the staff who 
was really, who'd seen me speak, they were really adamant about hiring me. And so it worked out. But it really was just an eye-opening experience of, of them telling me, like, we didn't want to hire you because of how you came across and because you were emailing so often that even though you were a great speaker, it took us years to consider hiring you because of this. And so you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be annoying. You don't want to be a pain. One of the things that you've, you've heard me talk about, one of the things I'll continue to preach on is that being a speaker, this is a relationship business. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. And so even in, you know, in that situation, in that case with me being a, a speaker, at this event in New Jersey, even though I was a good speaker and I would have been a good fit for their event, they weren't, this particular client was not interested in hiring me because of that no like, and trust. They may have known me. They may have not liked me. They may not have even trusted me because I was sending so many emails. So whenever you're sending this initial email, one of the things I always recommend is that it make sure it's short and sweet. A lot of times a, a mistake that speakers make is that we find some potential client, we email the, the conference planner, the decision maker, and we send like this long 98 paragraph email about why we are so awesome. We're a great speaker. Here's all the great places I've spoken. Here's 19 videos. Here's my life story. Don't do that. Like, I mean, think about it from your perspective. If you got an email from someone unsolicited that was 98 paragraphs, you would not read that. You would delete it immediately. So don't, don't do that to someone else. So keep that email really, really short and sweet. The other thing I like to do is I try to ask a question, something that's really, really easy to reply to. So you may ask something like, you know, do you have the dates for your next conference? Or are you currently planning your next event? Or who are some speakers that you've had in the past? Or have you started reviewing speakers for your next event yet? Now, if you're going to ask a question, make sure it's a, that you're asking a question that can't easily be found somewhere else. Meaning that if you go to their website and then you turn around and email them and ask them, you know, where their next conference is, and it's like blatant all over their site where their next conference is, well, then then you'll just look like an idiot. So don't do that. Make sure you do some homework, do some research there, but make sure that then if you're going to ask a question that you make it really, really easy to reply to. The easier it is to reply to, even just like yes, no type of questions, that's simple to respond to. You know, it's, it's kind of like if you were emailing a uh, someone who, a house builder, you know, and you were to send them an email and your question was just, hey, I just came across your site. I really like the homes you build. Can you tell me how do you build a house? Well, that's not going to get a reply because that's not easy to reply to. And so the easier the question is to reply to, the more likely you are to get a response. Also, within that email, don't be salesy. Don't be pitchy. Don't start telling them, you know, about why you're so awesome and why you're so great. Here's why why they should hire you. Don't do that. Remember, this is, I like to think of it almost like like a first date. You know, you're just trying to build some rapport. You're just trying to build some type of, of connection with this person. So that's the email itself. Now, also keep in mind and be aware of when you're sending that initial email. So the time of day that you send it, the day of the week that you send it, the time of year that you send it, all of these different things are different factors in whether or not you get an open and especially whether or not you get a reply to that email. I mean, let's, let's go through some, some different examples here. Let's imagine that uh, you're reaching out to someone and their conference is next week uh, and you're asking them about speakers. Well, they're already set for speakers. They're not going to be hiring a speaker at the last minute here. So trying to get a reply or response when they're busy or they, you know that they have something else going on is going to be really, really difficult. You know, if you email and you find out that, you know, they're out on maternity leave, you know, I've had that happen several times before. Maybe they're on vacation. You know, you want to be aware of some of these things so that when you do follow up, you at least have some more 
context there. Now, in terms of you know which day of the week you should send emails on, which what time of day you should send, a lot of it depends on the industry. A lot of it depends on the niche, and this is all worth testing. And so there's times where you know, for me, for example. Years ago, whenever I first started speaking to to high school students and I was emailing, let's say, school principals, I knew that especially during lunchtime, before school, right after school, that principals were generally really, really busy. And so uh, I also wanted to be aware of, of winter breaks, of summers, of holidays, of spring break, of some of these just different types of things that would affect whether or not I would get a reply. So if I email on a Monday of a spring break, I know that you know if the principal's off that entire week that by the time they get back to school and to the office the following Monday, their inbox is going to be stuffed. And so they're going to be going, it's kind of like for you, whenever you come back from a trip or vacation or some time off and you've got a full inbox, you're just trying to do triage there and you're going through, you're deleting a lot of stuff, just quick replies to anything that you can. And so that's the same type of thing that a, a decision maker or an event planner is going to be doing is the easier it is to reply to your email. And if you're catching them at the right time, the more likely you will be to actually get a reply. Now, as you're sending some of these initial emails and you want to plan on following up later, you want to have some type of system here. So uh, I'll give you a couple different tools that you can use. Uh, one tool that I use today is a tool called followup.cc. So again, followup.cc, that's the website. Uh, you can go there, followup.cc. And basically what you do is whenever you send an email, it will allow you to, in the BCC form or field of the email, you can put in the amount of time uh, until you would like to be reminded about that email, right? So for example, you may put in the BCC line, you might put two weeks at followup.cc. And so what that does is it triggers it in their system. And then two weeks from now, it will ping it back. It will send it back to your inbox and just brings it kind of top of mind for you. So that way you're not trying to have to, to remember, okay, what day did I send that on that person? Or do I, I got to go back in the archives and figure out when I sent this to who? Uh, so I, a lot of times I use this tool, followup.cc. I put it in that BCC line and then it's just kind of out of sight, out of mind. And so you can use this for any amount of time. You could do this for a couple of days. You could do this for a couple of weeks. You could do this for several months. There's times where I've talked to people, I talked to potential clients, and they said, "Hey, we're not reviewing speakers for for five months. Can you check back with me in five months?" I said, "Great, not a problem. I'll, I'll certainly do that." And so I'll make a note to follow up with them, and I'll do that within by using followup.cc. Uh, another tool that we use is a tool called HiRise. HiRise. Uh, we'll include some links for this in the show notes here. This is made by the company that uh, created Basecamp. It used to be known as Thirty Seven Signals, and so you, this is a a tool that we've used. That's just basically a a, a contact management tool. And so we use HiRise quite a bit as well. You can even track this stuff within Excel. So if you're just looking for an inexpensive or free way to track your, your follow-up, you can certainly do that. But you do want to have some type of system and you do want to do follow-up here as well. So Isabella, to answer the question, then let's say I've sent this initial email. I haven't heard anything back. What do I do at this point? After that initial email, I'll usually wait about two weeks or so to follow up. And so the way I actually do it is I will forward my original email because it's just for some context there because think about it two weeks goes by 
If you send a brand new email just saying, hey, this is Grant. I didn't know if you got my email a couple weeks ago. They may have no idea what you're talking about. So I like to forward that original email back to them. Uh, and then I'll say something along the lines of, you know, hey, Isabella, I just sent, I sent you the below email a few weeks ago. I haven't heard anything back from you. I know you're busy. I don't want to be a bother. Just touching base to see if you received it. I'd love to hear from you. Something along those lines. Something very, very casual, very friendly. Don't be annoying. Don't be a pain. Hey, have no idea what is happening or what it, what may be going on on the other end of that email. You know, maybe they were busy when they first saw it and they just forgot about it or maybe just became buried in their inbox. Maybe they were on vacation. Maybe they're out of the office. Maybe the original email went to spam. I mean, there's no telling. And so it's very, very soft, very, very casual of just like, hey, I know you're busy. I know you're slammed. I know you have a lot going on. I want to be respectful. I want to be courteous, but I'm just kind of pinging this back to the top of your inbox. I'd love to hear from you. Just something along those lines. Uh, I'll give you a good example here. I don't want you to be this person, okay? I had someone email me. This was actually just a couple weeks ago. They sent me an email. And normally, I, I, I keep my inbox at inbox zero. I try to respond to things pretty quickly. And I think maybe I, I got this at the end of the day, and so I didn't reply right away. Uh, and so they sent me a, a follow-up email the next day. And I was like, well, that's weird that they would send it the next, like not even 24 hours went by, and I got a follow-up email. So then I didn't reply to that one, just kind of curious here. And then I got another one the next day. So over the course of 15 days, just over two weeks, they sent me seven follow-up emails, seven follow-up emails over the course of 15 days. And I finally emailed them and I said, please stop sending me emails. I know that you're just trying to follow up, but here's how it's coming across. It's coming across very obnoxious. It's coming across very, very annoying. So that's why whenever I, I wait a couple weeks there, because uh, I have no idea what's going on on the other end, that, that email reply, uh, I want it to be very, very casual and very, very friendly. So let's say that I follow up and then let's say I don't get a reply for that one. I'll usually wait another two weeks or so and then I'll try again. And usually at that point, if I don't get a reply, I'll usually stop after three attempts because, again, I don't want to be someone who's just emailing, 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 and just continually getting ignored or just continually being annoying. I, I don't want to be that person. Now, this is the approach that I take if I am doing this and, and I haven't got any reply. Now, I change my approach if I reach out to someone and they reply at any point in a warm way. You know, if, if I reply... Or excuse me, if I send an email and they reply saying something like, you know, I got your email, we're not really interested right now. Okay, great, that, that's one thing. They, at least they've replied, but they've shown me they're not interested. Or if they say something maybe along the lines of the maybe some type of a warm reply of, I, I got your email, haven't had a chance to look it over, can you tell me more about what you speak about? You know, something along those lines. Or we may be looking for a speaker, can you tell me what your fees are? And they, they sh do anything to show interest. At that point, I will call them. I really want to talk to them because I know that I can build, again, going back to this as a relationship business, I want to build that, that know, like, and trust with them. I know I can do that way, way better over the phone versus email. And so I'll try to give them a call. And so let's imagine this. Let's say that we've emailed a few times. Let's say that we've even talked on the phone. And then I, I send another email and they're not replying. And so I follow up a few weeks later and they don't reply. And I follow up again and they don't reply. At that point, after a few attempts, and again, this is assuming that we have at least some rapport, some connection we've emailed, we've maybe we've talked on the phone. At that point, I would send what we call a ball in your court email. And so it goes something like this. I, again, I will forward the original email, and I always forward that original email 
to give some context again. But I'll forward that email. Hey, Isabella, you know, I've, I've tried emailing you a few times. Haven't heard anything back from you. I know you're busy. I don't want to be a, be a pain. Here's the key line. I'm going to leave the ball in your court. If you'd like to talk more, please let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Grant. So that's it. So basically what I'm trying to do here is I'm putting the the responsibility back on her, not in a mean way, not in a rude way. Like, why can't you just freaking answer your email? I thought we were friends. No, no, no. Just, hey, I know you're busy. And so if you'd like to talk more, I'd love to hear from you. But I'll just just leave it on you. And and again, I'm just very, very casual type of environment. Whenever we've sent this, what again, what we call the ball in your court email, we get a great response rate because so many people, they'll, they'll email back and they're, oh, I'm so, so busy or I didn't see your first emails or a lot of times they're just apologetic because they'd like to talk, they'd like to, 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 to learn more but maybe it just wasn't a, a huge priority at that point or maybe they were out of the office or something else happened that was kind of a, a distraction for whatever reason. So sending that ball in your court email gets a great response. But again, I'm, I'm sending that if I've built some type of rapport, because it doesn't make any sense to do that, to send a a ball in your court email to someone who's never replied to me at all uh, in the first place. So two different approaches there. Now, I know we've we've covered a lot. And so in fact, one of the things that we do is maybe you know about our Booked and Paid to Speak training program. And so this is a just a a master program all about the, the business of speaking. How do you actually find speaking engagements? How do you book speaking engagements? How much do you charge? How do you negotiate? Whether or not you should speak for free? a speaker website, demo videos, all of the pieces that go into the speaking business are in this training program. And so as part of that, we actually include 16 template emails, 16 template emails that we use in our business in addition to a follow-up flow chart. And so the point of having these things is it eliminates the guesswork on this process. So you, you basically you start at the top of the, of the flow chart, I send an email, they reply, they didn't reply. Okay, based on that, now I go here, now I follow the flowchart. Okay, they did reply, here's what they said. Okay, based on that, now I'm gonna send this email. And again, it just eliminates the guesswork. It eliminates the emotion out of it as well. And so we include, again, those 16 template emails plus that follow-up flowchart in the Booked and Paid to Speak master program. So if you're interested in that, certainly uh, reach out and let us know. So Isabella, I hope that helps. Love the question. If you have a question as well, feel free to reach out. We'd love to hear from you. You can go to thespeakerlab.com slash ask. Again, thespeakerlab.com slash ask. There's a, uh, or just go to thespeakerlab.com site and you're going to see that ask tab right at the top of the page. We would love, love, love to hear from you. Leave us a question or you can even just write in a question as well. Hey, one other quick reminder. Again, we've got the Speaker Lab live coming up May 21st here in Nashville. One day live mastermind event. Only 30 seats available, limited number of seats available still. So make sure if you're serious about your speaking business, you want some help from me, you want to connect with other speakers, uh, this is for you. So don't want you to miss this. You can go to thespeakerlab.com slash live. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash live. Hope to see you there. Hey, uh, one other thing here. On the next episode, episode 22, uh, we're going to be talking with an expert on the subject of self-publishing. So being a, a author, having your own book is a really valuable tool for any speaker. So make sure that you don't miss out on that episode. Again, that's going to be coming to you on episode 22. So check that one out. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.